0: Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show, with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guff. So my guest today is Lillian Brummett from Brummett Media Group and together with her husband they run music studio and percussion accessory products and graphic design work as well as numerous award-winning non-fiction books and two popular blogs but today we're going to talk about their fabulous blog and books Trash Talk so I'd like to welcome Lillian Brummett so welcome Lillian. Thank you very much for having me in today it's great to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show today. And you do an awful lot, don't you? But I can also see you've got a house full of dogs as well in the background. Absolutely. Well,
1: I have three of my own and a cat as well who thinks she's a dog and I'm (laughs) (laughs) dog-sitting.
0: Dog-sitting, fabulous. Well, congratulations on everything that you do. But we are going to talk about your award-winning non-fiction books, Trash Talk. Now, Trash Talk started as a column, didn't it, in 1999? That's right,
1: that's right. Wow, so, tell us about first, that.
0: Well, it was one of the
1: first things that I started writing as a, uh, as a freelance writer. It was something I was quite passionate about. I saw a real miss in the, in the, in the, in the, in the culture. I felt like people were stuck in a, a state of apathy because they were bombarded by all this negativity and they didn't realize that their own personal actions could have a profound and measurable impact a positive impact in the direction of the future and how we want our world to be and by showing them that they had these this power to make such a profound difference in their own community with local businesses there's so many different ways that people can utilize their so-called trash and look at it more as a resource that they can then do something positive with it's just simply changing our mindset it doesn't require huge steps and massive investments although those are some options out there but it really starts right where we are right now today choosing what we're going to do this moment and that's what the book really or the the column really started out as I wanted to break that apathy and show people that their action of just participating fully in the recycling system if that's all they
0: did if they just participated fully this is the kind of impact that they could have and what i love about it cuz of course you're in british columbia and i love how canadians americans use the word trash cuz in the UK, we call it rubbish, don't we? But it's such a better word, isn't it, trash? So what I love about your Trash Talk blog, and now you've made it into books, and like you've just said, it covers many aspects of living a more proactive lifestyle that will save money and reduce wasted time, save resources, and find a new way to look at trash. So, of course, you started off as a column, but then you got, you got picked up internationally. So what happened?
1: Well you know I was really new to the world of writing I was taking a course about how to query publications and how to manage my business as a writer Uh, and so I was I was taking on these projects my one of my projects was come up with an article or yes an article that you feel could be turned into a column and so I did that which was the trash talk they had me query it out it got picked up right away And within a short time, I was freelancing these these, uh, you know, individual articles and over time, they just got picked up. Uh, It was just happened organically, you know, uh, publications in Africa, um, publications in the UK, publications in France, uh, Canada, the States. so many places we're picking up the column and utilizing it in their 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 papers their magazines, big and small magazines, uh, we have a little um, Russian uh, Dukabor Russian publication they they produce just for their their own culture in Canada. And it's called Iskra Magazine and it was published in BC at the time and I queried them with the article and they picked it up right away as a column so they just you know can you make more of these can you give us more of these so each Mm -hmm. place would have its own word count so I found myself quite limited as to how much information I could actually uh, relay in a certain amount of word count regarding a a, one particular item or one particular topic. So that's wh- how it sort of evolved into becoming the the book, uh, the book series. Is it just there's just too much information to put in those that
0: those short columns? Yeah, ago. yeah. So of course you work around the four R's. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Is it rethinking, recycling, reducing, repurposing? Are they the four R's? Well, there's many actually. There's many so many R's. A lot of Rs? <laughs>
1: yeah, the book the book opens up by saying that we go beyond. The the four R's of recycling. The standard four R's, as you say, is the the. Uh... The rethinking recycling reducing repurposing so rethinking is when you're out there shopping and you're looking at the item and you're saying okay well how much recycled content does this item have what kind of packaging does it come in is that packaging returnable or recyclable in some way does this company use solar power or wind power or some other activity that you believe in maybe they sponsor, i don't know world vision something that you're passionate about and so you want to participate in these companies when you're spending your money you might as well spend it in such a way that makes a difference in the world and it actually helps the future because the more we support companies that focus their energies in these positive ways that's going to uh, force the direction of our future the, there's all kinds of marketing agencies out there that watch what consumers are doing the more of us that jump on this the more other businesses are going to say, you know what, this is where we need to go if we're going to attract our customers. And so they do that for getting your attention, you know, and, and that really plays a role in the future.
0: Yeah. So it's not just down to the individual, is it? Like Doe blogs you or I, it is right. down to the businesses to do their bit as well, isn't it? Okay then. So let's move on to the recycling. Cause we're all responsible for that. And I think, I myself have said this before, I can put my hand up. I'm not 100% accurate at my recycling. So maybe you can give us some tips and talk about, well, also talk about a comparison maybe and the differences between maybe other countries and recycling and how they do things.
1: You know that varies from year to year. You can watch the stats online and yeah. one country or one state or one province or what have you. Is always going to be a little ahead than of another, and then it changes a few months later because someone put in a composting, you know, facility that that harvests methane gas, and all of a sudden they become, you know, higher on the list than somebody else. So it's constantly evolving and changing. Um, for every, everywhere that you're at. And everywhere you're at, there's going to be challenges. For instance, one community in BC is going to really struggle to find um, a buyer or a way of getting their material to a larger facility who then distributes it to buyers. So say, for instance, you're isolated in um, up in the mountains in BC, you may have a harder time uh, finding a way of getting, um, say, your glass sold yeah right so because of the travel and and that kind of thing so every community every place has a slightly different recycling system in place and that is why it's because of their uh, uh, location their proximity to different recycling um, major recycling facilities all of that plays a role in what they can accept
0: and and store and ship and that Because what I was looking at some statistics and it's quite interesting, actually, we're not mentioned as the UK, but it does say the best countries for recycling who recycle 52 to 56% uh, across the board, but this obviously isn't up to date, this would be probably 12 months behind, uh, it was Germany, Austria, South Korea, and Wales. And then also, it does say that one of the worst countries is actually Canada, only recycling 9%, but again, it could be due to their resources, but the best place in Canada as such is, is BC, British Columbia for recycling. Yes. So at least very you are happy. doing your job well. <laughs> People are listening to you, aren't they for sure? <laughs> Okay, so that was rethinking. Recycling surely should be fairly obvious, shouldn't it? Should yes,
1: but it isn't exactly obvious. It's it's quite interesting. When you go to your city facility uh, uh, websites, your landfill websites, follow those resources and look for anything to do with recycling. And you're going to find a surprising number of items that you didn't know was recyclable in your area, but may not be at the the um the main depot for instance you might have to take your batteries to this other location you might have to take your light bulbs to another location but you will find that there are these locations on um, these drop-off sites where you can take your um your items too and make sure that they're environmentally uh, you know handled it in a more environmentally friendly way it is it's really impressive when you go to the pages and you find out exactly what can be recycled and then you go back the next six months later or a year later and you'll see that they've also updated they're starting to include more and more items that they're allowing into their recycling system as their system expands and they figure out the operational uh um happenings so it's really important to keep up on that keep checking see what's recyclable in your area don't don't let that um slide in your schedule just do it once a year or something like that and you'll, you'll it's surprising how many things can be recycled in your area
0: that you i was may just going to say much. to you actually you were saying once a year because for the person who's running a family you know they're in a full-time role juggling everything How are they going to find the time to, you know, recycle everything and take it to A, take it to B, take it to C? But you mean, obviously, maybe once a year or twice a year. So get a collection of it first, like the light bulbs and batteries and then take them, obviously. That's
1: right. Well, if you have the space, it's always the best way to do it. I find little boxes, you know, I just have little boxes where if it's an item that I have to keep separate and take to a separate place, I'll have little boxes where I'll collect things like that, you know, your batteries or something like that okay. will be collected in a small little box. And I find that helps keep it nice and tidy.
0: And how about re- um, Sorry, reconsidering is another R as well. So what do you mean by reconsidering our ways?
1: Okay, so reconsidering your power as a consumer and as a citizen. So um, a lot of people will look at you as an individual, uh, at themselves as an individual and think, you know, there's nothing that I can do that can make a difference. And then when you reconsider the impact that you're having, you're reconsidering your purchase choices. You're reconsidering whether you're putting that item that you have in your hand, are you really gonna put it in the trash bin or can you maybe find some other use for that? So when we're looking at any item in the book, we list um, all of the R's. So, you know, the rethinking, the recycling, the reducing, the repurposing. Um, Also, we, uh, we challenge people to contact the manufacturers, you know, praise them on the things that you like, that their changes that they're making. Let them know about things that you're, you know, this really is a bad practice you guys have. Maybe you should reconsider this because it's affecting my purchase decision. They really listen to those kinds of letters.
0: Yes, and Um, more people that do that, they will listen and make those changes. That's
1: right. We also look at rental options in your area. Can you rent it? Can you refill it? So say let's, for instance, you have a pen that happens to be your favorite pen and you really enjoy how it fits in your hand so the the ink runs dry in it you can replace that you go down to your 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 stationery store your you know uh, office supply store they have all those little pen refillers you can choose the one that you like and you you just pop it right back in and you'd be able to continue to use that pen indefinitely a lot of people Surely, it do,
0: do you mean do you mean like a fountain pen or you know like a, a good ink pen you don't mean like a big pen do you Well, yes,
1: most pens will come apart, and you can replace the tube inside, the tube um, comes with a tip as well, and you just slide it right back in there and you just put your pen right back together. Your pen will come apart in different ways. Sometimes it's a little plug at the end, sometimes it screws apart at the bottom, sometimes it unthreads in the middle. So um, pens can be easily re- reused for a very long time. And then yes. say it's a pen that maybe you don't like, or you've chewed the end off because you're a chewer like me, <laughs> or, <laughs> or maybe it's broken, or you, maybe it's just something you didn't like and you don't feel like refilling it. There are still things that you can do. The actual tube of, of the ink, there's places that take that. They will recycle any remaining ink in there. There are uh, parts and pieces of that pen itself Sometimes there's a spring involved in there, you can put that in your workshop and a little reused peanut butter jar and now you've got a jar full of springs for all your, your crafts and various purposes in the workshop. You have all these plastic and metal pieces that you can take apart out of this pen and they can be put into the various recycling boxes for
0: those items. So you're saying basically then that say, for example, I have a bin in my kitchen and it's for packaging and then I have one for waste. So to put everything just in that packaging or we would call it a grey bin isn't enough. You know, how is it for you where where you live in British Columbia? Do you have different um, bins for different products as in, you know, waste, garden waste and plastic or do you have more than that?
1: You know, it varies for every community. So the very small communities, like the one I live in, which is only about 20,000 people here. So our dogs crying in the background. I think they want your attention. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. So they, uh, so our system here is is in fact uh, very self-guided. You know, there's no curbside pickup here, which is really strange. Oh, I see. So we have to take. Our items to these various places. So that makes Um, it easier for
0: you though, doesn't it really? You can break it down
1: then, maybe. No, it actually, for me, it's in this community, I've been complaining about this and raising this issue since we moved here 11 years ago. Um, Because the previous communities that we lived in, uh, we were spoiled. We had curbside pickup. There was absolutely no limitation. You put everything in one bag or box and they would come and pick it. You didn't have to sort it. There was people, they hired people for that. Um, the only thing you had to separate, I believe was your metal cans and your and your glassware. And that's simply for safety of the people sorting the, um, in the, the bags. And it was fantastic. There was no limit. You could put, you know, six bags out if you had six bags that week. Yeah, and it, yeah, it really yeah. encouraged recycling I felt because there was no limit. But when we moved here, we found it quite different. There's no recy- there's no curbside recycling, and you know you have to drive on the other side of town to bring it in. So yeah, the smaller the in area that you live in, the, you know, the more it, uh,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you
1: look around a little bit more as opposed to having it uh, more convenient in larger centers.
0: Okay, so let's go to your fabulous books then. So book one, um, Trash Talk, and it's it's easy to be green is that right? That's right. It's easy to be green and book one talks about reusing and repurposing doesn't it? Mainly it talks about
1: reusing and repurposing we also talk about other options like you know have you considered rental options you know is is it something that you can compost there's lots of ways of dealing with your trash but we we look at each of the of the seven R's that we consider in our book that most people consider only the four we have three more so um, with that in mind, um, each item that is commonly found in your uh, home or your office waste bin is listed in Trash Hawk 1 uh, in alphabetical order, so it's easy to locate. it's oh, good, isn't it? It's very convenient. And then so you can find, um, we cover each of the R's that we can cover per that per item and uh, give little um inspiring quotes or or numbers you know measurable impact numbers if you recycle so many glass bottles this is the impact that it has right, so okay. we did, we show them the numbers that encourages them to fully participate in in managing their waste in in that way
0: so let's talk about a few of a few products that uh, maybe unique products that people wouldn't think to recycle and how they can be recycled things like oven racks what we're going to do with oven racks
1: Oven racks, those are fantastic as shelves. You can um, create these, uh, just a couple of wood bars and put them on them and you got yourself a nice shelf that's nice and airy, it's perfect for closets or cupboards. It's great for garden sheds and it's fantastic if you can have one on a hinge, uh, say hooked with a little hook on it so you can put it out of the way and hook it down on the outside of your garden shed because then when you have anything that you want to wash off like your shoes or your you know say something from the garden that you harvested you can hose it off right there drains dries and you can um hook it back up it's folded put out of the way it's a fantastic uh shelf unit for that alone there's many others but that's a really that's one of my favorite ways of using an oven
0: oven and let's let's talk about online things like you've got some junk mail tips what you yeah. mail tips if you got?
1: Yes. Okay. So every time that you sign up for a newsletter or an e-zine or a magazine, your name is getting put on that list. Every time you fill out one of those warranty cards, your name is getting put on a list. And those lists are sold to uh, mail direct mail companies. And so, you know, they get hired by various companies uh, and then you get all this junk mail all of a sudden. And sometimes it can be overwhelming the amount that you get coming in from, there's really easy ways of getting off those lists. You just simply contact the uh, organizations that we list in the book or find them in your particular area just by doing a Google search. We give you the information in the book, how to do that. And you just, you can um, get off of those lists. It takes a little bit a while for them to process your letter so you know they, they might receive it it might sit there in the sent box or the inbox for a while when they finally get to your letter and it actually gets put in their system you start noticing that your junk mail is greatly reduced if not eliminated
0: so this isn't just a case of unsubscribing isn't is it this is going a step further because yes, for example yeah. we i would unsubscribe from things and they'd find they'd still find the way through but you're going to the source aren't you and saying take me off this list that's a really good right unsubscribing yeah. only takes you away from that particular magazine it doesn't take you off of the direct yeah. me on list all of yeah. them brilliant so book one So it's easy to be green and we're talking about reusing and repurposing and it's A to Z, so that's brilliant. So book two is all about the energy saving tips, isn't it? And we're talking about living consciously, organic gardening and composting and energy and water. And what I loved about this, tell us about mirrors. Tell us all about mirrors and how they can help
1: us. Mirrors, I love mirrors. I have many mirrors in my home and I use them to redirect the light. And that really helps us uh, refrain from turning on the light switch too frequently. You know, a dim day, something like that. They're also great for in, um, bringing in more houseplants into your home. You can place a mirror so that it redirects the light behind the plant so that the plant gets that reflected right behind them. And it really helps you increase the amount of houseplants
0: you have in your home, which increases the uh, air quality, the health of your air quality as well yeah and you're also really hot on drip trays aren't you you use every lid going as drip trays for your plants (laughs) we sure do in
1: fact i just had a conversation with someone yesterday about this they came and saw uh, on our deck we have these drip trays on underneath our pots and there's a hose that Dave put on the bottom of that drip tray so it reaches out beyond the deck and below on the ground we have a pot a potted plant right there so when it overflows from the deck watering which we have on a timer it goes down to the pot down below and it waters that one so there's three to four pots outside that i don't have to water ever because they get the drinks from the deck yeah i need to take this on board
0: I need to take this on board, Lillian, because I kill everything. I can even kill a plastic plant, believe it or not. I really can. Um, So I've got some questions for you. The show's going so quickly and it's such an interesting subject. Okay, so obviously there's food waste and we can use that as our compost. But you know a lot of these new houses now have the food waste recycling kind of in the middle where the, the drainage is and it turns the food into liquid. So people can then just drain that away or would you go, oh my goodness, don't do that. What would you recommend you do with a liquid waste and it's been crushed down into liquid? Okay, that you can, there's a few things that you can do. You can either uh, take a shovel and just make a
1: divot in the ground and just pour it right in the ground about uh, 12 to 18 inches away from the root area of the plant so that it doesn't harm it. Uh, Sometimes those liquids can uh, get warm just w- during the initial day or two as they're decomposing away so it might get a little bit warm there so you just want to make sure it's uh, far enough away from the roots from there you can pour it directly into your compost system as well uh, you can do so many things with it um, some people will dilute it and filter it and use it to actually water their house plants I'm not a huge fan wow. of that because my concern is am I going to start getting mold in my And also,
0: yeah, and also the odor as well. It's gonna be quite smelly, isn't it? Brilliant. That's a really good tip. Um, Okay then, so what happens if we put batteries in our usual waste bin? Because I know, you know, we can have a pile of them on the side and like you said, collect them, take them twice yearly or yearly. What happens to those if they kept put in the wrong place? They can catch fire, can't they?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, one of the main reasons why keeping uh, organics out of the landfill, is that it is very harmful for the landfill workers. It will conglomerate with all these other gases that are going on in there and it's just a ticking time bomb, literally a ticking time bomb under there and they can have landfill fires, which can be really havoc, of course, for the environment. It can also recombinate with other liquids that are in the landfill. And as that leachates out of the landfill, it can cause groundwater issues and, and down, you know, downstream issues. So keeping organics out of the landfill is really important. It also includes up to 60% of the landfill space is organics. So easy to keep that out and actually build soil in the meantime. Wow. And also when organics are in the landfill, they decompose anaerobically. And that means they're not composting with air involved and so it gets actually these bad bacterias happening and that creates 10 times more methane from the breaking down of of compost than it would in your normal composting system and those that methane uh, coming out of the landfill is actually up to 22 times more harmful on the environment than the cars on our roads right wow
0: okay then what are the common mistakes that we make in our households
1: oh my gosh well i feel that one of the things especially this time of year is water conservation so i you know i'm sure my neighbors get a little bit of a giggle here comes lillian running out of her (laughs) door with another or bucket of water but I do you know when I'm washing my hands I'll collect it in a pot that maybe needs some soaking before it goes in the dishwasher or something like that and I'll take that water from that pot and I'll go take it and I'll dump it on the lawn I don't like what seeing water go to waste so around the home there are so many things that we can do your pasta water let it cool on the deck during the summer or leave it in the house and release that heat and moisture which you want in the winter in your home. And then take that water and you can reuse it and outside or in your compost system. At the very least, put it in your compost system because it helps your compost system stay moist. That way you're not, out there with a hose watering down your compost, it's staying moist every time you dump your compost bucket, because your compost bucket has lots of so liquid in
0: it. You really are a recycling queen, aren't you? I mean, you really are <laughs> hardcore recycling. Um, oh, I could talk for hours. <laughs> okay, then. So just briefly then, can you give our listeners some quick tips how to improve their recycling overnight, including the four hours?
1: right. well, I would just look at uh, what is available in your area, I would really comb through all the recycling options that you have available in your area. Another option is to connect with some of these local schools and see and and, you know kindergarten classes and daycares see what kinds of so called waste. They can use, such as those little yogurt cups. They're fantastic for them to yeah. Make they around. love creating oh, things,
0: don't they? Cardboard boxes and
1: yes, and... yeah. Yes. So why not let them have fun with it? And and that would be the first thing that I would consider doing. Of course, look at rental options in your area as well. So see if there's uh, tools that you would think about purchasing, but maybe you don't necessarily need to. You can go and rent it instead. So that's another oh, yeah,
0: brilliant. So before we go, Lillian, let's just recap on these fabulous books. So It's Easy to Be Green. They're called It's Easy to Be Green. And we're talking reusing and repurposing and energy saving tips. So where can we buy these fabulous books? Where can we get them from?
1: Well, you can get them from Amazon. That's, a, that's the most popular way of going and get them. Any country that you're in, you just go to that particular Amazon branch and they'll be listed there. Just look for Lillian and Dave Brummett and you'll find us there.
0: Wonderful. And do you have any social media pages at all? If anyone's got any questions about recycling, maybe they're as hot as you on it. They're queen as well. And they, they want to delve a bit deeper. Well, we
1: cover quite a few green um, activities on our blog, which is conscious if they want to check that out. Our website, brummetmedia.ca But I'm found on so many social media sites or social networking sites I should say you should go ahead and just pop in our name there you know Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter of course uh, Alignable you know a whole b- whole bunch of them we're on dozens
0: of them so uh, just look for us there and, and can, can feel free to connect with us. Fabulous and before we go I know you are in British Columbia and you've been experiencing horrific heatwave. the weather's been horrendous for you how are things now? They're doing so much better. Just last oh, week good. we were doing with 43 degree weather, uh, Celsius, oh, wow. and now we're at about 31 today, which is such a relief. Wow, such a relief. Well, we would um, we would scream out for weather like that if we could over here. <laughs> we think our <God>, summers <laughs> at 21 are really, really hot. Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you, Lillian. This is a subject we could keep going on and on and talking forever about because it really is interesting. And I certainly learn something new every day. So I wish you all the best with everything that you do. Congratulations again on the books. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show then you can contact me via my social media pages Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com